Hello, and welcome to the August episode of the Red Havas Red Sky Fuel for Thought podcast. I'm Ellen Mallerney, and I can tell you that if you're interested in corporate transformation and the employee experience during said transformation, this is going to be the episode for you. I'll let Linda Descano explain. Hi, Linda. Hello. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about meaningful transformation and why it is increasingly important for organizations today to think about how to connect the values they espouse with what their employees are experiencing day to day. Joining me for our conversation is Hannah Caldwell from Gate One, which is a business and digital transformation consultancy within the Havas Network. Hannah, welcome to Red Sky Fuel for Thought podcast. Hi, Linda. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you. Very excited to be on the podcast today. So why don't we start out with getting a better understanding of what Gate One does? Sure. So at Gate One, we focus on delivering meaningful transformation for our clients. And you might be wondering, what does meaningful transformation mean? Um, Well, there's an often quoted statistic um, that comes up all the time that 70% of large transformation projects fail which seems pretty daunting if you're a leader in an organization to be facing into that. So we're really a partner to organizations as they tackle those daunting business challenges. And one of the key reasons why those big transformation projects fail is really the human element. And fundamentally, it's not really organizations that change, it's people that change, or in some cases they don't. So true. Exactly. If people don't believe in the vision that leadership is sharing, they don't trust leadership, Um, they're not going to adjust to new ways of doing things or make the effort required to really create a step change in the way you operate, regardless of how brilliant the strategy and the rationale is. And so for us, when we talk about meaningful transformation, I think it's both meaningful in delivering that step change in the impact and the results you deliver for the business, but also we're very thoughtful about it being meaningful for the individuals involved in that change and making it really matter to them to ensure that it lasts. There's a really wonderful connection here when you talk about meaningful transformation, because really this is grounded in the broader meaningful brands work that Havas undertakes. And we've talked about before on the podcast, I think it was actually our episode 37, and we'll link to that in the show notes, which really was a massive undertaking and looking at how do people today think about brands, what makes a brand meaningful in their eyes. And often organizations think about customers and employees as two isolated audiences when in fact, it's a spectrum and very much what people are saying in general really influences, you know, uh, employee perceptions, customer perceptions. So would love to hear from you about what you are seeing in terms of what people's expectations of employers are and building out on what some of the findings for Meaningful Brands showed up. Absolutely. It's a really great report that Havas does delving into Meaningful Brands and was really interesting to see some of the findings. I think Mark mentioned in that podcast that there are two types of purpose now that people look for. There's a brand purpose about how you make consumers' lives easier and better And there's a business purpose about how organizations are doing good for the wider society, whether that's ESG or DE&I or other initiatives. That's echoed a lot by what we're seeing in the work we do with organizations. There's been a lot of focus 
on that external element of promoting the work that you're doing, you know, looking at your supply chain and sustainability or looking at your hiring and trying to improve DNI and be more progressive in that sense. Um, we're now seeing a focus on the authenticity of that. So if you're saying you're doing that publicly, you know, that's in your hiring materials, it's maybe shared with the market and it's maybe had a focus on consumers and attracting customers. Now there's a shift to look at, are you doing that authentically internally in your organization? Do your employees feel that day in, day out? Is that true for their experience? That's really where we're seeing that shift of like that complementarity between what you're saying externally and what the authentic lived experiences of the employees working within your organization. What we've seen over the course of the past few years in the wake of the pandemic, the social justice protests, and the increasing polarization, shall we say, of ESG and DEI, if there's a disconnect between what an organization is saying publicly versus what employees are experiencing in their day-to-day at the organization, it's not going to stay within the four virtual walls of the organization, but more and more employees are using the megaphone that exists through social media and talking about their experiencing, raising their voice to ask their employers, why are we saying this, but doing that? Why are we not taking a stand and holding their employers accountable and customers and investors and others are really paying attention. So staying silent or on the sidelines really does not help an organization establish themselves as an employer of choice, does it? Yeah, absolutely. I think people are much more critical and really delve into that. And everyone has a voice now. So everyone can be a brand ambassador and be sharing the positive things an organization is doing if they feel like it really resonates with their identity and their values. But equally, I think you're absolutely right. If there is that disconnect, people will be quick to call it out on social media. If they call it out on social media, it can gain traction very quickly. We live in an age of things going viral and things being quite permanent as well. So it can be quite difficult to manage that reputationally. What are some of the other trends that are really shaping this focus on meaningful work, meaningful transformation? Is the multi-generational workforce a factor? Yes, we're definitely seeing the generational change affect this trend. Um, So if we look now, Gen Z will be 30% of the workforce by 2030. So that's approaching very soon. And there's been a lot of literature written about Gen Z being more purpose-driven and wanting to really understand how their work connects to a broader sense of meaning and purpose and in their career choices and purchasing decisions being driven by the impact that they're making in the world. So I think there's a shift there to organizations needing to provide a greater sense of meaning, perhaps in the work that people are doing and make sure that those values are really lived day in, day out. Let's build on that. I'm also curious, is there data to support that more employees are really putting purpose first in terms of, you know, coming out of the pandemic, right? which really resulted in many people rethinking their lives and the choices that they've made. Is it also having a ripple effect and people saying like, this just does not give me joy, right? Or have meaning and applying new filters to what they expect out of their day-to-day work. I mean, everyone wants to be paid, be paid fairly, but it's not just about the money. 
Yes. So since the pandemic, you know, we've seen the great resignation. We've seen lots of news articles talking about people rethinking the place of work. And there was a recent study by McKinsey that says two thirds of American employees said the pandemic caused them to reflect on their purpose and around half are reconsidering the type of work they do because of the pandemic. So I think we are really seeing that search for meaning coming across much more following the impact of the global pandemic. Um, and, you know, we're seeing it in other ways, too, of people thinking about how they want to work, where they want to work. So I think it's definitely triggered a lot of reflection across generations and across different workforces and industries. I also get the sense reflecting on the meaningful brands research is that employees are really filtering everything based on their personal values, right? So it's what are you doing for me? Are you making my life easier? Are you giving me more opportunities to grow? Is the work aligned with my values? Is it helping me advance my goals? So there is that personal filter that's raising the bar for what people expect from an employer and the sense of wanting to be involved in the conversation about a transformation, about the strategic direction of the organization. But yet, too, we know that there's lots of different opinions on any issue of the day. And so what are some of the ways, the steps that organizations can take to really maintain that alignment between what they say and what they do? Because there's a lot of risk if there's that disconnect. What are some of the things that you would recommend that companies and nonprofit organizations can do to really manage the wide variety of perspectives that they have to operate against today? So the first thing I think is really key is to listen to your employees to understand where you are today. And there's a lot of reports that show that often the perception of how well-connected values that you're sharing externally and internally and how strongly people feel a sense of meaning, there's often quite a wide range. Often it's stronger for leadership and then people at lower, more junior levels in the organization might feel that less. So I think there's a first step of really listening to understand what people are experiencing within your organization and doing that without a sense of ego, just to understand and learn. And then I think there's an element of appreciating the importance of that connection between the internal and external elements. So often in organizations, it'll be different teams that work in those areas. So you might have a marketing or a communications team that focuses on that external part. And it might be more of your HR talent team or you know, your DEI, ESG teams that focus on the internal elements. So there's a need to look at how you're connecting and involving the right people in the conversation to make sure that you can really have a full view of all the different elements, I think, and bring them together. And then if you're building a campaign that's going to go out externally around any of these topical issues, I think there are a lot of ways you can involve your employees in that. Take the things that matter to them and share those internally involve them in the development of campaigns, make sure that there's a seamless connection with what you're saying internally, how that's felt and experienced by people and what you're saying externally. Have there been any surveys, right, research that can help quantify the value of embracing this alignment between culture and external values? Because at the end of the day, that's what motivates many organizations. These steps can help not only retain top quality talent, but attract top quality talent, improve productivity, higher engagement, 
often translates to improved customer service, innovative problem-solving skills, which leads to more product innovation. So do you have any data to share with us about the upside of this type of meaningful transformation and meaningful work culture? Yes, definitely. So I think you allude to one of the main ones that comes to mind for people of there's obviously a big upside in the talent space. So we know that culture is seen as increasingly important in people's decision making and is increasingly a deciding factor when people are choosing which job to take. On the flip side, it's also a big factor in people choosing to leave jobs. So there was some research from MIT that found that a toxic corporate culture is 10 times as likely to lead to attrition as compensation. Wow. that's, that is like 10 times just well, that alone, if that doesn't motivate someone, especially in today's tight labor market, to think about that impact. You've got a real risk of losing good people if you're not addressing your corporate culture, as well as attracting potential hires with that pull. But then beyond that, when your people are more engaged, that translates into really tangible benefits for your business that hit the bottom line. So we know that positive company cultures are more likely to attract top talent and see 33% higher revenues and high engagement can lead to 28% growth in earnings per share. So it's obviously great to have that sense of meaning and feel engaged at work, but it really does hit the financial metrics that matter to businesses as well. That's incredible. And of course, with that type of performance, they say the rising tide lifts all boats. When you have that strong performance, there can be more investment in people, more investments in communities, more investment in for customers and just has positive ripple effect. I think in addition to that rising tide that you mentioned, if you have that stronger culture, it sets you up for success heading into the future. We live in an increasingly uncertain world, increasingly volatile and unpredictable And we know that if you have that strong culture and strong engagement, you're much better positioned to evolve, tackle future challenges and stay competitive. A recent survey by PwC that looked at over 3000 leaders and employees worldwide and 66% of senior leaders said that culture is more important to performance than the organization's strategy or the operating model, the way they're set up. Company culture has been found to be the single greatest predictor of innovation And I think, you know, we're all looking at the future and seeing things like AI coming into the workplace more and more. You know, we've had things like the global pandemic that have shown the disruption that can be thrown our way. So that ability to be more resilient, more innovative, um, rally people to solve problems and bring diverse perspectives is incredibly valuable. So you sold me. And I'm sure all the marketers and communicators listening are thinking about what could we do to drive a positive culture to the experience, right? Reap the benefits that you just mentioned. What are the practical steps that marketers and communicators should take, you know, not just on their teams, but more broadly with the businesses that they support? So I think that first step, as I mentioned, is to really listen and understand your starting point and know what your culture is within the organization, how people are experiencing that and look for tangible examples so when, if people describe your culture and pick out particular values and what are they seeing in the policies, the processes, the systems, the way that leadership interacts, you say that you're really supporting working parents, are people taking parental leave policies? How is that seen by leaders? How is it perceived by the people? And then I think the next step from that is there's actually, believe it or not, a mathematical equation 
for building trust. Okay, we have to take this slow and we will include a visual for all of those listening today. Okay, continue, Hannah. <laughs> so we love a framework as consultants. So there's a mathematical equation for trust that was developed by a man called Charles Green and has been used in lots of different contexts. And it outlines four components for building trust. And this can be as an individual, you know, with friends and family or at an organization level. But the first one is you need to have credibility. The people need to believe in what you're saying. They need to understand why they should listen to you. You need to have that buy-in for what you're saying. So in a cultural context, you need to have some credibility behind the values that you're espousing and build up that credibility across the organization. The second one is reliability. So you then need to see, are you doing this day in, day out? Is it consistent? Are you upholding the same values in different contexts, you know, under pressure? Do people believe that they're reliably maintained within your organization? And then you need to also consider how this is added to by a sense of intimacy. So how are you building a personal connection between your employees and the organization? Like, Do they feel connected to the values? Do they feel safe and secure and able to voice their concerns? Do they want to share what you're doing with their friends and family or on LinkedIn? So you've got all those three elements. So credibility, reliability, and intimacy. All of those are divided by or underscored by self-orientation. So all those things are then balanced against self-interest. If people believe that you're doing these things because you have an ulterior motive or it's part of a corporate initiative and you're just trying to tick a box, they're all undermined by that. So it's really important that you balance that carefully. In an organizational context, I think there'll always be some elements of self-interest. There'll always be strategic decisions that need to be made or economic imperatives, but it's very important that people see that um, you're very thoughtfully balancing your values with those challenges and they don't just get pushed to one side when times are tough. Hannah, thank you so much for taking us through this. So many good points that you've outlined today. I hope we will come back and we can continue the conversation, particularly as we go through additional rounds of research with meaningful brands, but there will always be new challenges and new issues that companies will be addressing. So right now we will focus on the trust equation credibility, reliability, intimacy, and self-orientation. What a great conversation. We so appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Listeners, we will have links to some of the research that Hannah mentioned, uh, some additional information about Gate One as part of our show notes. And thank you for joining us for this conversation. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. You can subscribe to the show using your favorite podcasting app. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And don't forget to rate and review today's show to let us know how we're doing. We hope you'll join us again for more of the latest communications, insights, and trends from the team at Red Havas.